This week on the Drew Goodman Podcast with Julie Brownman, the Lamar Jackson phenomenon. He's such a different kind of quarterback. I give Baltimore, Julie, so much credit. John Harbaugh should be coach of the year, and it started last year. That's why Joe Flacco was expendable, and he's now a Denver Bronco, right? The Broncos host the Chargers Sunday. You know what would be interesting is to see what the attendance is in Power yeah, Field. Would you go? Um, no. Off-season trade talks for John Gray? Says who? They don't have great depth for all of a sudden in their rotation, so why on earth would you trade one of the guys that you're going to rely heavily on? And what happens when the hometown team gets angry with the hometown announcers? Why don't you worry about making the defense better than worrying about what the announcers are saying right now? Technology. This is the Drew Goodman Technology. Podcast with Julie Brauman. Okay, let's just start this podcast off by saying this technically has been a challenge. Evidently, I don't. You know me. Technically, in a lot of ways, uh, I mean, I'm a moron in a lot of ways, and technically, I'm especially a moron. Mm-hmm. I was just a little disappointed that the door to your bathroom's closed. I thought you were gonna <laughs> every time we did the podcast, you were gonna emerge from the bathroom. Right. I thought that was a nice start to our last. No, one. I'm just glad that we're actually made it and actually recording. Because I don't know if people know, but I. I am the recording person, which I've never done in my life. I'm the engineer, which I never was in my life. Of the many hats you wear, I'm proud of you. You've taken on a new, um, you've learned a new piece of broadcasting. Right. But there's a lot of F-bombs associated with that. So anyway. Yeah, I think the first um, Twitter Live, this is called Twitter Live, Uh uh, not to be confused with Saturday Night Live. And you did F-bomb initially. F-bomb initially. We're going to talk broadcasting stories later, right? Mm-hmm. Funny yeah. broadcasting stories and maybe... Yeah, we're going to talk a little bit later. Uh, the Colorado Rockies' 10 most comical moments in history. Thomas Harding from the MLB Network, who I love. Thomas is a wonderful guy. I love Thomas. One of the best people I know, I yep. think. Uh, he put together a list of the top 10 most comical moments of Colorado Rockies history. So I wanted to do maybe the top three um, of what you thought. Because you would be calling... You, you, I think you called two out of the three. Did I? Yeah, so we'll get to that. Yeah. How exciting. Happy Thanksgiving again. Happy Thanksgiving again. I love, this is my favorite holiday. I love Thanksgiving. I, I was thinking about this earlier, Julie, and, and Thanksgiving's now passed because as we tape this, it's a day before Thanksgiving, but we understand we can't be on top of everything in this podcast. So <laughs> We're on top from, of nothing. Right, to, yeah. from a timing <laughs> standpoint. Is there an, an item that Thanksgiving morning... And there's always a couple stores still open that you forgot and it is such a must that you will go out to the store and go get as opposed to saying, well, screw it this Thanksgiving. We won't have, you know, um, butter, 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 it, Gotta have butter, a hundred percent. Everything butter. is better with butter. And, you know, you and I are both semi health conscious. You may be more than me, but, um, you know, butter, you're just like, nah, I don't know if I can really have three slabs of butter on Thanksgiving. It's all about the butter, right? Can I, I tell a funny, a quick George Frazier story? Yeah, only if it's George funny. called called me. We played phone tag the other day, so I, um, I hope Georgie probably doesn't know how to listen to a podcast. So um, <laughs> I love George to death. People ask me all the time. Said, um, "Do you still talk to George?" I talk to George all the time. Love George. Where is he? George lives in Tulsa. He lived okay. in Tulsa when he was doing the Rockies. He would fly back and forth. I didn't know that. Yeah, he's dug in, and um, he lives on Southern Hills, famous golf club at, uh, in Tulsa. And George is one of the great characters going. But George, I, I used to kid people and say that George has not exercised since he jogged off the mound in the 87 <laughs> World Series. And, he, and he'd say, yep, yeah, that's about right. Oh, my God. Um, 
you know, George was a great athlete, not just a great pitcher. He was a great hoop player and everything, but he just, he would, he would eat like absolute worst you can eat. We used to have an under over on Sunday mornings on the road, how many pieces of bacon he would have. And the under over was never less than like nine. Okay. <laughs> well, he carried it well on TV. I yeah. never would have well, thought. Well, George is six five and right. he has a lean, and he has a lean physique naturally. Now, you know, he can be put on a jacket. You can cover some things up. No, I'm, I'm beating up George. But but George, we'd go out and he loved diners, greasy spoons. And he would dump, let's say he got waffles or pancakes, whatever it is. He would dump the whole, you know how they give you the whole like thing of butter? Mm-hmm. He would dump that on there and immediately go, can you get me more butter? Oh my God. So he had the cholesterol level of like six dead guys. <laughs> it was ridiculous. So that was my uh, George and butter thing. I think for me, mm-hmm. cranberries. Mm-hmm. I love, and Kristen's with us. She, mm-hmm. she always is. She, I'm getting a nod of approval. I love cranberries. And I and the other part mm-hmm. is yams. I'm a yam guy. With the marshmallows on it? I don't know because that's a little over the top. Not that I'm not trying to be, you know. Manly? No, a bummer. I just, I don't need to put the marshmallows on. But I, the cranberries I will go out and get if if we forget them. So I looked up because Thanksgiving sides, I don't even know if it's about the turkey. It's about the sides, right? Like the mashed potatoes and the gravy and all that goes with it. So I looked up weird Thanksgiving sides because everybody kind of has the same sides, I feel like. Mm -hmm. Um, Magic tomato soup cake. This has um, butter. It has sugar and has a can of tomato soup. It's a loaf of tomato soup cake. No, that doesn't sound good to me. This one is, so people on Twitter, you know, they, it was like a Twitter uh, thread. Bologna cake with ranch cream cheese icing. I'm not a bologna guy. Anything you start with bologna, I'm out. Uh, this is called Dragon Did Bar. Did you say ice cream also? Um, cream cheese icing. Ranch cream cheese that icing. sounds gross. It looks good, though. Um, Dragon Barf, which is the pistachio pudding. Oh, that's, not, that's a wonderful name. <laughs> but it actually sounds good. Cherries, marshmallows, coconut, and pineapple. Well, you're going, you go to your parents every year, right? Yeah. Okay. At their yeah. palatial estate up in Morrison. Right. Um, or Evergreen. Is Evergreen. It, Evergreen. Yeah. Why don't you bring the, uh, the cranberry barf? barf or whatever that thing is you just mentioned? Because I want to get invited back. Right. Right. Uh, all right. So we're going to do a little Rockies talk a little bit later. Um, but I wanted to get, you know what? Everybody's, we're going to skip over a little bit of the Broncos, right? Let's just, let's just do that today. Okay. Who? Exactly. Lamar Jackson. Now I still want to see what he can do in the postseason, but if you've watched him, even a game, he is something to behold. He is doing things we haven't seen in a long, long time. And we probably won't see here in Denver for a very, very long time, if not ever, right? Because he's such a different kind of quarterback. I, lo- I love this story, Julie. I'm glad you brought it up. I love this story. The NFL is so damn conservative and so stodgy and so reluctant and resistant to change historically. I mean, for years, quarterback had to be Joe White guy, right? Mm-hmm. Still kind of is. To a certain degree. Yeah. I mean, it, it is changing, thankfully. Um, but but it's still there's still this belief. And I think it, it it's probably with 30, 31 teams out of 32 that you, you can only win a Super Bowl from the pocket. History tells us that. 
quarterback has to stay in the pocket. Well, Lamar Jackson does stay in the pocket. I mean, he tore San Francisco, well, not San Francisco, the Rams, Rams. up the other day, mm-hmm. and that was on the road. But I give Baltimore, Julie, so much credit. John Harbaugh should be coach of the year, and it started last year. That's why Joe Flacco was expendable, and he's now a Denver Bronco, right? Mm -hmm. Because they said, no, we're going to take this guy's talents, which are really unique. He was a Heisman Trophy winner. Right. And we're going to formulate our offense to this guy's unique talents. And guess what? They score points in a league where points seem to be really hard to come by for most teams. See the Broncos, three points in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. I know we weren't talking about them. And they score points left and right. And why more teams don't say, and then your backup, RG3, was a similar type of athlete, obviously with the knee injuries and stuff, he's not. But why can't you line up and go, our three quarterbacks are going to be dual threat quarterbacks that we always talk about in the recruiting process for college. Why not? Why not say, "Hey, we're going to go in that direction." I don't know enough about the college football game or what's out, who's out there to know. I feel like Lamar Jackson is something special. There's not he's dual he's dual threat to the tenth degree. Mm-hmm. Are there many other guys out there like Lamar Jackson? Well, he's elite. I mean, obviously, we know that he won the Heisman Trophy, and we're right. witnessing what he can do at the NFL level. There have been and will continue to be a multitude of guys that can tuck the ball down and go. Kaepernick was that way. We see glimpses of it periodically, but nobody will fully commit to it. You keep falling back, well, you still got to stay in the pocket. You got to... So they run read option, which is a staple of college football, and some other teams dabble in it, but they're not afraid to go full on, this is who we are, and this is the best utilization of this unique talent. Why did he fall so much in the draft? I mean, it's easy to kind of rearview mirror. Think about all the guys that were taken before him. I, I will I will mention a guy's name who I have great respect for. I've done games with him. He's a Hall of Fame executive, Bill Polian. Bill Polian um, said, you know, he, he's got to be a wide receiver. I think that's the best place for him. Right. And, I, and I'm not saying that Bill Polian fell into the 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 race trap because that that would be completely unfair. Bill Bill Polian's not that guy, but too often historically we said, well, black quarterback, you know, is he better? Su- who's a great athlete? Is he better suited for another position? Why? The, this guy has proven that he's a handful. And I know you said I want to see what he does in the postseason. We've seen guys who stay in the pocket fail miserably in the postseason. Right. I we know this. He's really good. Baltimore's really good. They're going to be a tough out. They already beat New England this year. They beat the Rams. They they beat the Rams. The Rams have been yeah. very disappointing given where they were a year ago. So you know, even if they bow out in the playoffs at some point in time, I'm in on this guy. Talking about the playoffs. Um you know, you read anything about Lamar Jackson right now or watch Lamar Jackson right now, and he is the second coming, right? Much as Patrick Mahomes was last year. What we're finding out this year is Patrick Mahomes is still really good, but he's not repeating the same season that he had last year. So I do think a strong performance in the postseason, it's important. It's important to who Lamar Jackson is. Yeah, but he's still a kid. I mean, this is his second year playing, right? He played part of the year last year. Yeah, but they're year. anointing him like, and he probably will be the MVP. But let's let's 
let's not yet anoint him Tom Brady, even though they're drastically different. Right. No, I know what you're saying. And and that that is reasonable. My whole point is less about Lamar Jackson and more about the conservatism historically Mm -hmm. of the NFL and the resistance to change. And this guy is proving, and John Harbaugh, again, deserves credit for saying, no, we're going to run, we're going to build our offense around his special skill set. And I would like to see more teams think out of the box in that regard instead of falling back on this notion that there's only one way to win a Super Bowl. Speaking of, you said resistant, and I know we we said we weren't going to do this, but when I hear the word resistant, I think of Vic Fangio and I think of Drew Locke. Because if you listen, we'll only spend a minute or two on this, but if you listen to what he has to say about Drew Locke, and he may play on Sunday against the Chargers, we don't know that yet, but he is so hemming and hawing. You look up resistant in the dictionary and there's a picture of Vic Fangio looking at Drew Locke. Wow. He's well, just not their choice. He right now he he hasn't wowed them evidently if you read between the lines whether it's on the field or in the classroom to the or, or maybe it's just health-wise to the point where they go but he's got to play. Yet where he was selected and given the ineptitude by and large of the Bronco offense one would think well he's got to play. You got to see, start to see. I, I say start to see. So everybody, you know, I, I shouldn't say everybody. A lot of people say, well, you got to find out this year if he's any good. I don't think you're going to find out in three or four football games. Uh, you can't make some sweeping statement. Oh my goodness, he stinks, or oh my goodness, yeah, you can see he's the second coming. Mm-hmm. It, it's going to give him a chance to perform, a chance to get his feet wet at this new level, and hopefully, you get a, a glimpse as to what you've got that's that's that has to happen this year we've talked about that yeah i mean there's no reason to put brandon allen there i wasn't a big fan because you said you wanted him in against the chargers his first game i wasn't a big fan of that until the chargers started going south the chargers aren't any good i know you love philip rivers but they're no good well they were good last year so were the rams right that's what i'm saying like it's it doesn't really it's not i guess the chargers that i thought he'd be going up against right but at some point in time you have to. Pl- you're going to play against NFL talent. Yeah. And and people say, oh, you don't want Nick Bosa chasing him down his right. first time. Well, it, no matter who you play, they're going to have a guy. They're going to have several guys. It's the NFL. So uh, I, I think it's better as opposed to. I didn't think it would work well going to Buffalo, and obviously the Broncos stunk in Buffalo. Cold weather, you know, not not a great place to begin. At least you're at home. Right. I mean, you, you can't schedule San Quentin, you know, <laughs> JV or something. You know, what'd be interesting is to see what the attendance is. They always announce it as a sellout, but there's been past years where the Broncos have been, you know, doing what they're doing now. And it's a little, as a, somebody that grew up here, it's a little scary to look at whatever stadium it is now in Powerfield. Would you go? Um, No, I, I wouldn't w- go. I, wouldn't. I like watching it on TV. I wouldn't go. I I wouldn't unless it was you know some special occasion. I, right but if you're in a box with an open bar, um, then there's more potential. I'd go. <laughs> hey, when we come back, we're gonna dive into Rocky's talk. Want to talk about John Gray? He's been out there on uh, little rumors about a trade. Want to talk about the Rockies' top ten comical moments, which you have been part of, and. 
We're going to talk a little bit more about Larry Walker in regards to your book. The Larry Walker Hall of Fame talk is still continuing, so we'll do that next. Julie, every week we talk about our friends at Ideal Home Loans because they're simply terrific. And now is such a wonderful time to either refinance or if you're buying a home, give Ideal Home Loans a call. If you're consolidating debt, now is the time. Interest rates are at historic lows. The number is 303-867-7000, They're the preferred mortgage provider of the Colorado Rockies. Their employees are salary-based lending specialists, which is uh, so important. They're locally owned. Brent Ivinson started the company back in 2001. They'll come to your house. They'll come to your place of business. I've been dealing with them the last month as uh, as, uh, we're purchasing another home. And they they do such a a terrific job of answering all of your questions, putting you in the best possible uh, rate possible, and also getting all of the the information to you, and they do it in such a timely fashion. That's why they have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. They're terrific. Give them a call, 303-867-7000, Ideal Home Loans, 303-867-7000. So what do you make of all this talk about some of these trade rumors at the GM meetings um, with John Gray? When I first heard that, John Morrissey, I think, was the one. Wait, isn't that the KY traffic guy? Uh, Yeah, you just, John, (laughs) J.P. Morrissey. Morrissey, yeah. John yeah. Morrissey's a really good traffic guy, by the way. And J.P. Morrissey's a really good <laughs> baseball journalist. Now, having said that, Julie, uh-huh. there are so many things out there with these information guys, and I, and I, and J.P. is a professional I acquaintance. I, don't, I mean, okay. friend probably is too strong a term. I don't see him enough, but when I do see him, uh, we chat. Great respect for him. Very bright guy. So I'm, I'm not trying to lump him all in. But these guys have it's a new position in sports, these information guys, right? And on social media, they're always throwing stuff out there, possibilities, potential. And, and sometimes it's not really based in anything. It's look, you know, they, they kind of put in their minds two and two together to get four. And for me, this one doesn't make any sense at all. The Rockies, like most teams, need to enhance their starting rotation. We know Herman Marquez, terrific talent. John Gray, coming off He's a good year. He was the best year. pitcher last year. He, 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 you could make that case, right? And I know it was, it was shortened by the foot injury. Right. Kyle Freeland, you need to bounce back here. We all know, but they don't have great depth all of a sudden in their rotation. So why on earth would you trade one of the guys that you're going to rely heavily on? So that one didn't make sense at all to me for those reasons. I mean, that John Gray's the one. And Jimenez, and I mean not um and Marquez were the best pitchers last year, sure. right? So why would you even why would you even think about that? So I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. And your thoughts that, are that, that doesn't make it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And and just to to kind of conclude my thought on these information guys, they have to throw th- so many things against the wall, and then they'll go the one that sticks. Aha, I told you that back in September that, you know, so and what some team was going to trade this guy. They don't, you know, what about the other 40 things they threw up against the wall that never right. happened or against the, the bulletin board? And the other, and the team that was associated with that report was the Padres, which made no sense. Zero sense. You, you, you don't trade inside your division. Right. Right. Okay. So this is, was written by Thomas Harding, who's a writer for the MLB network who covers the Rockies on a daily basis, a great writer and a great person. I thought this was kind of funny. It was the Colorado Rockies. He, every single team did this, but he did it for the Rockies, the top 10 comical moments in Rockies history. 
I actually was at I was out in San Diego when this happened. Thomas ranked on July 30th, 2011. He ranked when the Padres or when the Rockies were playing the Padres at Petco Park, when Abaldo Jimenez had been told in the dugout that he had been traded to the Cleveland Indians. So he pitched the first inning, four runs and two walks later, he goes into the dugout at the end of the inning and was informed that the trade was complete. Do you remember that? A hundred percent. I remember it. And, and I think if the Rockies had an opportunity and they said as much, you know, Dan O'Dad was the, was the GM at the time, they would have handled it differently because not only were the, the rumors rampant, but the deal was pretty much done. And they were, they were going back and forth on whether he should even take them out. It was the oddest day because Julie S. Mill Rogers, at the same time that Ubaldo is throwing his warm-up pitches on the mound to get ready for the first inning, and he's aware of this, so he wasn't himself. Mm-hmm. S. Mill Rogers is in the bullpen also throwing. Never seen that before. You, you probably will never see that again unless you're talking about you know, where you have these openers now and you're asking a guy to get three outs, so maybe you already started, you know, warming somebody else up. Right. They they knew that they had traded him and <laughs> it just it was one of those crazy situations. I felt bad for Ubaldo. It was very awkward. You he he was affected clearly by everything going on, and that's why he had the disastrous first inning. And sure enough, after that he's giving people hugs and off he went, and Esmil Rogers was in the game in the second inning. So I don't remember because I think I was in San Diego, but I wasn't watching your broadcast. Was he told? When was he told? He, he told he pretty told. much knew. I mean, when he that's why he was he was a mess on the mound he he knew that and he had he was unhappy mm-hmm. it was after you remember julie he had the unbelievable 2010 he, he was had a 19 starter wins, right? right he had 19 wins he was a starter in the all-star game yep he should have been a 20 game winner you can look this up historically in the first half of the year you could make a case that was one of the three or four best first halves in the history of baseball and oh by the way it happened at altitude half the games um and then the next year he wanted to get paid and it was around it was the time where the Rockies had taken care of I'm trying to get the time right they had just taken care of Tulowitzki and Cargo right mm-hmm. and he wanted a right. long-term deal right. and and basically I think the organization's stance as I recall it was privately hey go, you know go have another good year and 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 we're going to take care of you next year and and, and there was some yeah, at some point in time, you know, Ubaldo, you know, just wasn't not only not the same guy, but I think it affected him that not getting that contract in that off season, not getting an extension, uh, ripping up the old deal. So uh, that was a strange one. Okay, uh, number two, I was actually in San Diego working at the time, so this was April twenty sixth, two thousand ten. Um, do you remember the player that passed a kidney stone? I, I only do because I read Thomas's piece, Miguel Olivo. I don't I don't remember that this was going on. <laughs> it's not like he raised his hand and goes, you know what, I just I just passed a kidney stone, by the way. Now let me go take my at bat. That's supposed to be incredibly painful, by the way. Our our buddy who was on our show uh, uh last month, Kenny Miller uh-huh. from from Altitude Sports. Are we really gonna tell these stories? I don't care. It's, he's not here. <laughs> so Kenny Kenny was having trouble passing a kidney stone, and then it got he he got bad, and then it got a little better. But he's like, I better go home. So he took a commercial flight home, and then and then it got really bad on the, on the flight. Plane? And the poor guy, you know, 
Yeah, I saw him in the hospital in San Francisco when he was trying to pass that mm-hmm. kidney stone. No, I, I don't want it. I don't wish from everything you hear, I don't wish it upon anybody. So July 8th, 1997, you were not doing the Rockies at the time. What were you doing in 97? I was doing the Nuggets still, and um, I was, I think I was doing like our pregame show for, for the Rockies pre and post game, and I was doing avalanche stuff. Gotcha. Okay. So Larry Walker in the 97 All-Star game, Larry Walker faced um, former Expos teammate Randy Johnson. Now, I know that Larry Walker's gotten a little bit of heat for this because some people thought that um, even though it's an All-Star game, they were having fun with it, right? Mm-hmm. But um, he so flipped, he flipped his helmet around. He flipped his helmet around and then switched to the right side. To the right side, yeah. So just to have a little fun with it, right? Yeah. But he took some. Do you remember he took some heat for that because it was like, oh, this is you're not taking this seriously, right? But that was part of that's part of Larry. I mean, Larry, Larry could be self-deprecating in his humor, still can be, and I thought it was a great all-star moment. Here's another aside, and this is in in our book. Mm-hmm. Um, is we did our a, book? Did I did. Is it our book now? I'm, did I'm we just? Giving you, I'm giving you did credit. we just have a moment? Yeah, you just had a moment. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, my book, Ben <laughs> okay. Hoffman, whatever. Um, we did a whole chapter on on Walker because Walker's a great, great player. Should be a Hall of Famer. We've discussed this. Keep my fingers crossed, as you are, that he that he gets in. But we did a chapter on Larry, and he has so many great stories. Um, Larry. Everybody thought he ducked Randy Johnson, who was the premier left-handed pitcher of that era. Right. Do you know that um, against Randy Johnson, he hit almost 400? Wow. Right. But people oh, back then, they go, oh, he, he's got the Randy Johnson flu because I think he sat out one game against Randy Johnson. Everybody gave him a hard time. Not true. He had great numbers. Not good numbers. He had great numbers against Randy Johnson. Uh, speaking of your book, you can find that at the DrewGoodmanPodcast.com. I know that you put a tweet out that uh, instead of Black Friday, order the book. Do you yeah. do Black Friday? What does do Black Friday mean? Like, am I, is that like a religious holiday that I, <laughs> some people do and some people don't? Yeah. Actually, do Black Friday is get Do I go out on Black Friday to yes, the mall? that's what I mean. F no. What's your adversity to cussing today? Sometimes, sometimes because, you're because we're taping in the morning, and I try not to cuss before ten a.m. Okay, so uh, before we end this podcast, I did want to. I was reading that list of the Rockies' top ten most comical moments by Thomas Harding, and I was like, "Well, maybe we can put this to ourselves. What's your most comical moment in broadcasting?" Julie, I've never had a bad day in broadcasting. <laughs> oh gosh, there's a long list. I will tell one, and I think it's in the book. I'm looking at Kristen right now because Kristen just finished reading it. Julie's waiting, by the way, Kristen, for the audio version. <laughs> do you want me to read it to you? Like, do you, you want me to read you a chapter version. at a time? Yeah, but do it in a British accent, so it's more interesting. <laughs> so I'm doing my first. All right, uh, I was. It was my. Um, it was 1993, and uh-huh. I'd gotten hired by NBC Sports to do the NFL. And my first game doing the NFL, which, you know. It's a big deal. I, I was the youngest guy at the network, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, right? This is really cool, yada, yada, yada. I'm doing the Miami Dolphins, led by Dan Marino, against the Indianapolis Colts in Indianapolis. And the – and the game ends up going national. You know how like your game goes long and Marino brings him back in the end. Great drive. And who's your color guy? Dan Marino. 
uh, Dan Hampton on okay. that particular from the Bears, game. Right? From the Bears, right? He had recently okay. retired from the Bears, and um, so Hampton was thing. So the game, the game was going well. I felt like I was doing well, but right before halftime, you um, you, you're reading a promo card, which we all in broadcasting do all the time, right? Mm-hmm. And back then, Julie it was Jim Lampley, O.J. Simpson, Will McDonough, and the late the late Will McDonough, the recently released O.J. Simpson. Oh, and Mike Ditka. <laughs> That's Ditka, crew. right? Yeah. So it was, you know, this great crew. And and so I'm going, hey, coming up uh, on the, and it's, <laughs> it's the Domino's Halftime Report. They were the major sponsor. You know they've spent millions of dollars to be the sponsor of oh God, yeah. NBC's Halftime Report, right? Uh-huh. So I read through it, and coming up, they're going to take you to the West Coast, and you know all the little bullet points. And I said, all of that coming up on the Domino's Pizza at Halftime Report. <gasps> and it just rolled off my tongue, because you know when you say pizza, for whatever reason, I said hut, which is football vernacular also. So, I, so I'm like, as I to myself, my eyes like bulge out of my head. Nobody <laughs> can see this. And I go, okay, third and five, right, for Marino. But I'm realizing, oh my goodness, I just gave probably their number one competitor a free plug. So I'm like, I'm going to get fired at halftime. <laughs> my first NFL game at the network, and I'm going to get fired at halftime. And uh, I'll fast forward. So I you know, I do the game, and as I told you, it goes nationally at the end. Great game. Miami wins it. Marino's the hero. And fly back home. The next morning, the phone rings at 8 a.m., and it was Tommy Roy, who was the coordinating producer of NBC Sports at the time, longtime great, great golf guy. And uh, and I'm like, oh, my God, here it comes, right? Yeah. And he was he was very complimentary and said, hey, it went well, yada, yada, yada. And I'm waiting for him to say, but what happened right before halftime when you when you gave Pizza Hut a message? <laughs> He, they never caught it because it, it just like rolled off my tongue like, you know, coming up on the Domino's Pizza at Halftime Report and evidently nobody caught it. So I never got. Um, wow. Yeah. I know that's a long winded story. No, but no, no. That's 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 a big deal because that's a lot of you, money. You know, you know how that is. It's oh, not. Yeah. Because yeah, they spend they literally spend millions, millions of dollars. dollars. Right. <laughs> oh God, and funny. if you're a Domino's executive, you go, who the hell was that Jerk in Indianapolis saying Pizza Hut, which means nobody from Domino's was watching the game. Yeah, probably. (laughs) Yeah, they they were watching a different game. So I'll tell the story, and I guess I can tell it now because I I don't work at Altitude anymore. Um, So we we made that official a few weeks ago. (laughs) I know. Um, Okay, so I was doing the Nuggets, and God, they were playing so terribly. It was halftime, and it was like they just no defense, right? No defense. So I'm talking to Chris, and I'm just going to out Chris Marlowe now, who still works for Altitude, but that's okay. Um, so Chris Marlowe, you're talking on, on, you know, you can hear each other like in your ear, right? For people that, so we're talking and um, I was like, God, I played better defense when I was in kindergarten. And Chris is like, yeah, they need a new defensive coordinator, you know, talking about the NFL. Well, what we didn't know, and everybody was kind of behind the scenes, you're you're kind of talking about what's what's going on. I mean, it wasn't terrible. You know, we were just trying to have a little bit of fun with it. And uh, it turns out the our audio feed went into the coach's room. So the coaches heard me say, I've played better defense in third grade. The coaches also heard Chris, you know, say that um, 
they need a new defensive coordinator. So I got that. I got written up for that. I got a file. And then remember Mark Warkentine? Yeah. He walked by Chris as Chris is on the air and said, we need a new defensive coordinator, question mark, question mark, question mark, as Chris is on the air. That's a little, that's, that's a wrong. little, that's, that's a little wrong. scary. You know what? Worry about your job. Right. And, and I'm not, I'm not talking about you. I'm, I'm talking about Mark Warkentine in this particular case. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know Mark Warkentine. I know who he, who he yeah. is. Um, worry about your job. All right. Because yeah. he, here's, I'm going to tell a quick story, another Frazier story. Okay. And this is about a guy who I who I who I adore, and his family's a great family. But we're all protective of our family members. Matt Holiday, when he played for the Rockies, great player, right? Matt, phenomenal player. Uh, Matt had, you know, maybe made a poor play in left field or something. And George, in, in a delicate way, kind of said, "Hey, he's got to make that play," kind of mm-hmm. thing, right? On the air, right? Yes. Okay. So the next day, and he and he goes way back with the holidays, right? Very good friends of their family. So Mrs. Holiday was uh, came up to George because I think she was there, but had heard about it, and said, "You know, you, why'd you take a shot at Matt?" Kind of thing. And George, who's always great in these situations, I've always remembered this. This is good for for all broadcasters to kind of keep in their hip pocket. Mm-hmm. George said, "I'll tell you what I'll do. For every time that I criticize Matt." I will give you $1,000. For every time that I say something nice about Matt, you give me $10. And he said, by the end of the year, I will own your house, <laughs> right? And 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 to to Matt's mom's credit, and she's a great lady, um, she, she chuckled and she said, you're right, 100%. So my point about your story with, with Mark Warkentine is, we as broadcasters, home team broadcasters, we defend, 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 um, and try to spin even when a team's not doing well. We try to spin it, and we're the ones that often take shots. I know I do all the time. And to, oh, he's a hopeless homer. Oh yeah, really good. How come you don't criticize? How come you don't say, mm-hmm. you know, Daniel Murphy can't play first base? You know what? We're not going to do that. So on the rare occasion where you go, hey, you know, somebody should have made that play, or in your case, you know, the defense was was poor and it was off air. Mm -hmm. Why don't you worry about making the defense better than worrying about what the announcers are saying right now? Because chances are, and I know what I know, Chris Marlowe and I know Scott Hastings, and I know what what exactly, and I know what you did for years. You protect, protect, protect. Really, (laughs) you're going to worry about what was said privately and you're going to and you're it's more right. important for you to go by and hand Chris something like that while he's focused on doing the game. I think they gave up 160 points that game. Seriously. I remember talking really? about it to my coworkers. Like I mean something crazy. Like it was like 140 and I remember talking to my coworkers being like I don't think we were wrong. Right. <laughs> yeah. Remember famously you, you were much younger then. But Doug Moe told mm-hmm. and he got fined for this. Doug Moe his team was playing poor defense. So Doug told his team, he said, I want everybody to go to the baseline off the court. He goes, just let them score. Yeah, he goes, because ostensibly that's what you're doing anyhow. Right. He said, don't play any defense. Do not play any defense. <laughs> He's yelling, do not. And he got he got fined for that. So the funny thing is, is Fat Lever was playing for Portland at the time. So mm-hmm. we talked to Fat about that. Fat's like, everybody wanted the ball from the Trailblazers right. after they heard that Doug said uh, no defense. Anyway, a good time to end the podcast with a little bit of therapy for us, you know. 
and yeah. those broadcasting stories. We'll do more. We'll do more. There's so many. There's so many fun, funny ones. Remind me next time to tell you um, how how I absolutely butchered <laughs> a uh, Rocky's Grand Slam several years ago. You know what? Go. Why should we wait? <laughs> this is goes back. I don't know. This is probably 10, 12 years ago. I can't even tell you who hit it, Julie. But again, you've been in broadcasting forever. As a play-by-play guy, you you kind of fifty-fifty it with your monitors. You're watching live, but you're also watching the monitor because that's what people see at home. Right. Right. So you can't be completely oblivious to what they're saying. I can't be talking about you know Kristen and Julie having fun in the stands, and you're going, "Why are you talking about that? Nobody can see that." You know, you you want to be in coordination with the truck and the director, et cetera. So. The ball, the base are loaded. I can't remember who hit it, and it's right down the left field line. It's going to be, you know, it's home run distance, but is it fair or foul? Well, I then jump on the monitor because you want to be able to see the foul pole, and so I go from watching it live to the monitor. And whoever our camera guy was had kind of pulled more toward the crowd now foul territory, and so I'm looking, and he's now turned that direction you can kind of feel the shot Uh and and i'm like foul ball long foul ball (laughs) and in my ear truck's going no it's a homer it's a grand slam and so i go oh grand slam (laughs) i mean the most non-dramatic oops oh yeah grand slam isn't that nice it went from foul ball to grand slam yeah that's a call that probably should not and will not be on my reel. Right. Uh, <laughs> that is awesome. All right, yeah. I'm I am off next week. Um, have a great Thanksgiving. Oh, we got to wish you a happy birthday. This is a special birthday for you. Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of revisiting 39. It's a big birthday. It's a big we'll leave it birthday. To people's imagination. Right. Birthday is. It yeah. is a and and we're and sh- yes. We should let it go. No, okay. we're gonna we're gonna find out how you do out there with your girlfriends uh, okay. celebrating. Okay, and we'll celebrate. Uh, we'll have our own special podcast. Happy Julie birthday, monumental birthday. That I cannot wait for. Have a great Thanksgiving, everybody, and we'll talk to you next week. <laughs>